I know in those moments when I don't want to go to Mass that I have learned mm-hmm. that that is resistance keeping me away because when I am at Mass, something happens that fills my spirit and my mm-hmm. soul. Yes. that's what he is there for. That, that's what yes. he has promised us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so good at that. Right. Big reminder like, oh, you're here. I I'm know. so glad you're right. here. This episode of Beyond Sunday is sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org 52 sponsorships. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us, striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm your other co-host, Rocky McCormick. Have a seat wherever is comfortable, grab a drink, take a deep breath, light a candle if you must, and join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes cry about our experience raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. I want to say we don't cry nearly as often as I thought we would. And the fact that neither one of us are mm. criers. Probably makes it worse. Probably does. So mm-hmm. maybe we won't cry. Maybe not. Okay. But I do like lighting candles, but I feel like we I should do. not be doing that inside No, I don't think studio. we're allowed to. Yeah, there's rules about that. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. My students are always like, why don't you light a real candle? I'm like, because we are in a school building. Because rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rocky. Yeah. Do you remember your first Holy Communion? No. <laughs> But you were an adult. I was. I just wanted to be contrary. (laughs) (laughs) My contrarian spirit is coming out. Yes. Yes, I do remember my first Holy Communion, Nicole. Mm. I was 20. You were 20. I was 20. Beautiful. My husband was 30, I think, when he received his first communion. I was actually in second grade. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I do. The things I remember were being the shortest person in class mm-hmm. and we had to line up by height like shortest oh my tallest. gosh so i was like the very first kid in line <laughs> to you know process down the yeah. aisle um and wearing socks over my tights which was very 1988 to wear socks over your tights i don't know if you remember that phase i mean i i don't we did leg warmers mm-hmm. not yes. so much the socks so this was like socks with ruffle over white tights with oh. my first communion shoes that might have just been like a first Maybe communion a 80s first communion thing. thing i don't know i don't know um, and definitely, I know I did not have a real grasp of what or who sure. it was sure. that I was receiving until I was much older. Yeah. So receiving the Eucharist as a young adult in college really only gave me just a short leg up on you, mm. one that did not wear socks over tights <laughs> because it was the late 90s. And so we were into socks with sandals. Oh, Grunge yes. in, you know, Nirvana, oh, yes. smashing Grunge. pumpkins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so seriously, though. Even with a little bit more knowledge, because, of course, going through the RCIA classes, we cover who it is and what it is. And even the way that I came into the church with that mystical experience of the Eucharist, it really isn't something that we can wrap our heads around on our own. You know, like Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Mm -hmm. I always feel like I should say that in a James Earl Jones voice. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That was actually surprisingly accurate. Thank you. Yes, very well done. Can I've you do Darth Vader? No. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, I am your father. <laughs> so, friends, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> we are approaching the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ, also known as Corpus Christi. 
And this is the time when we really celebrate the real, true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Yes. And it's such a beautiful, wonderful solemnity. So we mm-hmm. thought this week would be a great time to talk more about the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, some of you may know that we in the United States are actually in the middle of what we're calling a Eucharistic revival. The United States um, Conference of Catholic Bishops has kind of designated this three-year right. period to be a revival of the Eucharist. And it started last year on Corpus Christi mm-hmm. um, with kind of the diocese, right. um, the Curia members really starting to like launch this in. And now we're entering into this year for the parishes to right. really um, embrace this too. And we're, we're trying to inspire a love for the Eucharist um, and people around the country. Mm-hmm. And this is just such a great way for us to do this. And we've already done an episode about adoration in the Blessed Sacrament, which, of course, is a wonderful way of deepening our relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus in the Eucharist. But this week, we really want to focus on how we can instill a love for the Eucharist into our families and incorporate it into the things we do every day. Right. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, not all of us can sit in an adoration chapel all day, and most of us are not called to do that. And truly, that isn't the primary purpose of the Eucharist either. Amen. Right? Yes. Like the Eucharist is food. It's food for the journey. Yes. So I think one of the questions that always rests on, on my heart uh, is how, how can we help people to really believe that what Jesus says is true? You know, reports have shown, you know, if we believe statistics, <laughs> reports have shown that even a large majority of self-identified Catholics harbor some skepticism about the real presence. Yeah. Like it was a shocking percentage yeah. to me of people who did not necessarily believe that Jesus is truly present. Sure. Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And even in that percentage of people who do believe it. Right. There's still a large percentage of those people who do believe it who still don't come to Mass to receive him. Well, right. <laughs> Which is kind of scary, maybe a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. We'll mm-hmm. get into that. I mean, I think that there are there are reasons for sure. for that. But again, like given how many people harbor that skepticism in given my own experience with the power of the Eucharist, even before I was Catholic, like I wonder often how how do we lead others to have those encounters with Jesus there as well? And, you know, and I, th- I do think that that's the impetus of the, the National Eucharistic Revival. Absolutely. Also. Like if the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, if it is food for the journey, if we believe, which we do, yeah. that Jesus is really present, mm-hmm. how, how do we make our actions yes. meet our words? Yes. And I think I've said this a million times before. If you have met Jesus Christ and he has changed your life forever, how do you not mm-hmm. let that change everything about the way you live? Right. But again, like I get it. You know, yeah. even in the scriptures, we read like it was too hard for people to believe. Sure. And they walked away. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to I Am Here. Oh, the my goodness. I Am yeah. Here campaign. Uh, you can find it at IamHere.org. It's a wonderful, beautiful place to hear mm-hmm. testimonies from real people from right here in Detroit. And they're all across the board. Yes. Different, there's no, different backgrounds, right? different cultures, different ages, and, and how beautiful their experience in coming back to the church was in right. experiencing Jesus in the Eucharist. Right. And like different encounters with the Eucharist, too. Like it's not all we sat in front of. Yes, it's not all adoration. And adoration. Right. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like really beautiful stories. Yes. But also one thing I've been doing, especially with my, my um, older older kids, because seeing is believing these days, mm-hmm. right? We're all a little bit of, of Thomas. Until I see, I shall not believe. <laughs> right. right. But um, one thing I've started doing is showing my older kids and my students different Eucharistic miracles. Yes. When we're talking about Jesus being fully present. Because it is, it's it's super hard to wrap our heads around it. Like it doesn't make sense. But what I'm receiving is bread and wine, and you're telling me that once the priest says the prayers, like this actually becomes 
Jesus, and we can get too into the theological, the accidents and, and the properties and all of that. that that's mm-hmm. too much for, for most sure. people. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are not familiar with Eucharistic miracles, these are instances where a consecrated host begins to show the presence of flesh or blood. Yes. And truly, like, they're fascinating. And, you know, I shared it with my classes, and really, they were absolutely fascinated. Like, we, it was, they're never silent. Mm. I mean, these are, they're never silent. Yeah. But, like, they were just like, what? Yeah. Um, And it led to a beautiful discussion of how God gives us signs and wonders to increase our faith. Like, this isn't a normal thing. The Eucharist, the host, doesn't usually turn into flesh or blood. But we believe that what Jesus says is true and that he is truly present. Um, and, and so that gave them like a visual yeah, to begin to contemplate the truth of what Jesus says. And they were also floored that it was a teenager who compiled that whole online database of Eucharistic miracles. Yes, shout out to Blessed Carlo. Yeah, I love Blessed Carlo. He is such a great help for me in working with my, my older, older kids and, and our teens. Um, but a couple of the miracles that I shared with them, which captivated them, one is um, the one that's shared in 52 Sundays. It's the Eucharistic miracle in Buenos Aires. And they love that Pope Francis is the one who led the or called for the investigation yes, into, it, into the last. Very cool. it, yeah, like it came, they had three instances, and that third one was um, elevated by then. Archbishop, or was he a cardinal at that point? Cardinal, cardinal think, Bergoglio. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, was the one who called the experts to investigate. So they think that's super cool. And then the other one that I, I like to share is um, the mir- a miracle that happened in Venezuela, and it has a video mm. that goes with it. And I'm going to tell you, like, this one really captivated the boys. The boys were like, that's so weird and cool. Videos are very helpful. Right? And so, like, the, the host is actually pulsating like a yes. heart. Yes. Yes. That one is amazing. Yeah. And so... Again, like they're captivated by all of this and sharing with them like the number of reviews this goes through. Like the church doesn't just take things on faith. We believe things on faith, but we believe in reason as well. And so like the independent agencies that are called in, the independent labs that are called in to confirm what what we believe is happening and, and that do confirm yeah. that there are traces of um I'm going to get the, the wording wrong because I am not a scientist, but whatever the, the flesh of the heart is. Yes. Like, like mitochondrial? Is that yes. mitochondrial? No. 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 Um, no. Cardi. Card. Card. Anyway. Yes. The heart. <laughs> the <laughs> I heart know what you're saying. The heart muscle of somebody who has gone through a trauma and that the blood type is always the same. Yes. The, it's just, they were There's fast. so much science right. there that really kind of makes it feel yes. like, wow, that I really do need to be paying attention to this. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... You know, for somebody who might be a little bit of a skeptic, like they need to see to believe we God is so good. Yes. And he's made that possible. And there's so many more listed in the database to share in the mm-hmm. whole traveling exhibit. Anyway, I think it's cool. And so I can go on and on. But um, it's very cool. And I think right. if we can get our, our families to be really aware mm-hmm. of Jesus' presence in the Eucharist, yeah. that, number one, that's like the primary impetus for coming and participating in Mass. Absolutely. Right? Because right. the liturgy is where we are there in the presence of the source and summit of our faith. Right. And like Jesus didn't do all of this. He didn't offer himself to us mm-hmm. so that we could stand and gape at him from a distance. Right. He wants right. you to the most intimate him. Act, right? Yes. So he could live in us, 
continue to strengthen us and to give us life. Yeah. So the big question is like, how do we, this is like the number one most received <laughs> question ever. How do I get my kids to engage in mass mm-hmm. in a way that's meaningful and understand what's really happening? Um, and, uh, sometimes it's worded differently. Like, how do I get them to be quiet? Or, <laughs> But we know what you right. really mean. We right. know that what you really mean is you want your kids you to know that mass is important. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and we have a few things that are really helpful, especially if your kids are super little. In, in my house, everything was done like in levels. Like we just slowly graduated. So in the oh, beginning, all we wanted to do was like get them to participate in small gestures that they could make mm-hmm. with the congregation. Making the sign of the cross, saying amen at the right time, mm-hmm. bowing and kneeling at the right times. Um, but there are some really great resources out there in addition to 52sundays.com, which of course I think is like the ultimate resource really because you can read the gospel before you come to mass. The right. kids know what they're going to hear. They can listen for like a keyword, yeah. really make Sunday come alive. But there are some other things that have really been helpful. Um, one that was great for my kids was the picture missile from Loyola Press, which okay. is actually designed for students with different disabilities. Oh. But it has very simple pictures on each page about what we're going to do. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. Mm-hmm. We're going to listen to Father talk. We're going to kneel. We're going to receive the Eucharist. Or my parents are going to go up and receive the Eucharist. So they can kind of follow along with that. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is the Missal for Young Catholics, which is another option for the kids if they want to read the gospel during Mass. Okay. And it has like vocabulary words in it, oh, like some nice. of the words from the gospel that might be difficult. Mm-hmm. It also has all of the other pieces of the Missal in there so that they want to follow along with the Eucharistic prayer. Okay. If they want to hear the collect, they'll, they'll be able to find all of that in there as well with really beautiful artwork too. Yeah. That's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, a couple things that have helped us. One is from the time they're super little, like I'm talking not even a year old, even as a, as a baby, as, a, as I'm holding them. And this is something that I witnessed another parent do when I wasn't even close to like, I think Tim and I were maybe just dating mm-hmm. and we were hanging out with this family. We went to mass, we were on retreat with them. We went to mass and they were holding their daughters and at the point of consecration, yes. no, super little, just pointing, right? Like yeah. that's Jesus. Yes. Jesus is on the altar, like yes. really here. And so even those little things, like yeah. they don't they don't have to necessarily be able to cognitively understand it, right. but just to begin to whisper those things mm-hmm. into their being. And if anything, it's easier when they're little, right? Right, because, because you, you can, can hold them. You can <laughs> right. kneel down to a, yeah. a three-year-old and say, that's Jesus. And right. he believes you because you're right. a mom, right? Yeah. You can genuflect in front of the tabernacle and say, Jesus is in there, and they mm-hmm. know it. Yeah. yeah, but they do know it. And and that witness of, of faith, I, my, my middle child would often, like when we dropped the older one off, at school at the beginning would want to go in and sit before the tabernacle and yes. that became our tradition like yes. we would just go and sit and pray mm-hmm. um so that was one thing and then the other thing one of our friends gifted us um gosh i don't know what i would call it it's like a little i spy board type thing it's got little sliders oh yes and, and so like slide the yes little thing as, over things, as happen things happen at mass yes. yes i love that and so for somebody who needs to be a little bit more active mm-hmm. that was a really good one and then i have a friend who also sells like busy boards for mass where they yeah. like they're know exactly if it's magnet i don't think it's velcro because she's a mom and she wouldn't mm-hmm. create something that makes a bunch of noise but like they can put the pieces onto yes. the board as it's happening too yeah and then it's in picture form as opposed to words sure. so if they're not readers yet then it's it's a way for them and there's a lot of different beautiful like busy books and mm-hmm. and mass books for children out there to help them engage in that but when we're talking about the eucharist and how do we instill a love for that in our children i think our witness is yeah. the biggest thing and, and just reminding them. Yeah, you know, I was actually going to touch on that. I think um, one of the things we get asked a lot is, like, how much talking is too much talking during Mass? Oh, how much yeah. wiggling is too much wiggling, right? right. Like, so we always have tolerated, like, an age-appropriate mm-hmm. amount of wiggling. Mm-hmm. But we do start from a very young age that, like, 
once we kneel right and the consecration is about to begin mom is praying because this is really important because jesus is here now and so we don't ask questions during this part you can ask me any question you want after mass is over but i'm just asking for this last little bit of time for us to be quiet and listen for what jesus might have to say to us right yes and i'm not gonna lie i have an eight-year-old who's already received first communion who sometimes i still have to remind her (laughs) your question can wait for three more minutes Right, like, and it is. It's it's not a I, be quiet, but it's a it's a, not. Yet. This isn't important. This time. is not the time. Yes, right. yes. our eyes are on Jesus mm-hmm. right now, and right. it's very gentle. It's not. You know, we we talked about this last last episode. Even mm-hmm. like it's it's not like you're in trouble. It's no. just I just I'm going to model this for you that this is a really important moment. I mean, I will be honest. There are those times when they have asked questions like every thirty seconds <laughs> up until that point too, <laughs> yeah. and that might be an exasperated. <laughs> you just need to be quiet. Right. <laughs> We've all been right? there. Right. But no, I think that there there is a beauty in that. And, you know, there are so many other ways that we can incorporate the Eucharist into our lived experience. You know, maybe we participate in a procession if our, our parish does like a Eucharistic procession. A lot of them will for Corpus mm-hmm. Christi. And yes. so taking your children to do that, we have a beautiful picture of Tim carrying, I'm going to say it was our youngest. I can't remember now. It was one of the boys on his shoulders as we were processing yes. around the parish. Nothing big, yes. but you know it's important. Again, like kids learn what's important by what we do, mm-hmm. and so maybe a forty hours devotion—that's too much for kids. Right. But you know, to talk about or or to, for the us as parents to to maybe participate in something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge us because again, I think sometimes the Eucharist can become a symbol, yeah. not in the way that like not. Uh, not like in not, the heretical right, sense, right, right. But not, not in the sense that we don't believe that it's Jesus, but that our if if a person were to look at our actions, it would be something that we just look at or display, mm-hmm. as opposed to incorporate. So I would encourage us to find one more day a week that we can go to mass. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not during the year. Maybe it's over the summer. Maybe it's in Advent and Lent. Maybe it's an evening mass in parishes. If you're mm-hmm. listening, add evening masses during the week. Yes, right, because most of our most of our parishioners work yes. from eight to five or nine to five or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a discussion we've had in our parish. Yeah. Or maybe some of us have had in our parish and we haven't moved forward. But regardless, I would encourage us to find another way to participate in the liturgy. Yeah. More than once sure. a week. I mean, honestly, if it's food for the journey, if it's what's giving us strength, we wouldn't go five days without eating. Sure. One would hope, even if you're an intermittent. Intermittent. Thank you. My words are not forming. <laughs> faster. You know, faster five days. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, we, we need it. We we absolutely need it. And I know in those moments when I don't want to go to Mass that I have learned mm-hmm. that that is resistance keeping me away because when I am at Mass, something happens that fills my spirit and my soul. Mm, yes. that's what he is there for. That That's what yes. he has promised us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so good at that. Right. Big reminder, like, oh, you're here. I I'm know. so glad you're right. here. <laughs> like, that is all he desires is for us to be with him. And I would say then the other thing would be to practice being more reverent about mm, the Eucharist and Mass. Yes. Maybe it's incorporating some prayers. I mean, these are wordy and kind of long and old language, but St. Thomas Aquinas has beautiful prayers mm-hmm. for before and after receiving mm-hmm. the Eucharist. Um, the Anima Christi is a beautiful prayer. Yeah. And it's simple enough to teach your children. Yeah. But to really practice being reverent. Yes. Understanding that Jesus meets us where we are and as of we course. are. Of course. But 
that we believe that the king of the universe is here. Yes. And, and how beautiful that and humbling that is. Yeah. And we've said this before, right? you know, like our actions are an outward sign of our inner disposition. Yeah. So teaching our children that what we do on the outside represents what we're feeling and believing on the inside is so important. Right. So even when they're small, teaching them to genuflect in front of the tabernacle yeah. is is like you know that that's the easiest thing mm-hmm. to do when they mm-hmm. first start start really paying attention. It's harder to for us old people whose knees don't want to work. Oh my gosh, I know. Sometimes <laughs> I look at Father Jenny Fleck when he first comes in, not holding on to anything, and I'm like, "How does he do that?" I'm like, "Hmm." Yes. <laughs> but you know, some other things like in everyday yeah. life that are really helpful. I think even when they're very small is making it a priority to share a family meal together. Oh yeah. Where you can. Well, I mean, Jesus is food, so right. And and okay. connecting that to Jesus. Right breaking bread with right. the disciples yeah. and connecting it to the idea that what you are what you eat <laughs> you know like yeah, you know, just oh, those simple things that they've already heard right. like at school or you know on pbs whatever like <laughs> those, those are all really helpful for them to think about and i remember one time um we were driving to school and my mm-hmm. kids wanted to call my mom and we tried to call and she didn't answer and i said oh i think i think mug is at mass mm-hmm. and they were like but it's wednesday why is Mug at Mass right. on a Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the morning? And I said, well, what happens when we go to Mass? And, and thank, thank God they actually knew the answer. They were like, oh, right. well, we get Jesus. And I was yeah. like, yes. I said, and why do we want to receive Jesus? They're like, to be more like him. Like, they, they were They're, on fire. Oh, nice. And I was like, yes. And I was like, well, Mugga is really lucky because she's retired. Right. And she doesn't have to go to school or work anymore. So she can go every morning at 8 o'clock yeah. and receive Jesus. I was like, don't you think that's pretty cool that she gets to receive him and, and be strengthened to be more like him every single day of the week? And they were like, yeah, when we retire, we want to go to Mass every day too. Awesome. And it all came together. Right. And it was just like this beautiful little moment of like, oh, this is all making sense to yeah. us now. My friend's dad used to call it the breakfast of champions. <laughs> breakfast. Yes. It's Amen. not Wheaties. It's the Eucharist. Right. There right? you go. Right. Um, the other thing is we genuflect when we pass a Catholic church because we know Jesus is present. Yes. And by we, I mean me, and then the kids go, oh, yeah. But it happens Sometimes. so quickly, right? They right. see us make the sign of the cross while we're driving by a church. Again, and like then super they... subtle things. Yes. And not to be showy, like the purpose isn't to be showy, but like, again, our actions reflect our inner disposition. Yes. And so when we believe that Jesus is present and we want to be reverent, mm-hmm. like it shows, it's, it's to honor and glorify him. Yes. To acknowledge that he is there. Oh, yeah, friends. Um, this is our goal for you this week. Yeah. Find one way to grow an appreciation for the Eucharist this week. Whatever works for your family. There's some beautiful stuff in 52sundays.com. If you have a procession at your parish, that's a marvelous way to do it because you're outside. Nobody cares if you're loud. Right. You're just walking. It's a parade. Your kids can, you know, yes. dance or jump if they want to. Yes. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say if you want to level up, Consider inviting somebody who hasn't been to Mass in a while to come with you. Ooh, mega challenge. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so this is a, you want to dive deeper into really being Eucharist, because the Eucharist feeds us, but it also unites us. Yes. There's a reason we call it communion. Mm-hmm. Right. Consider inviting somebody who hasn't been to Mass in a while to come back. Yes. Thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. We hope that you are filled with the life of our Lord as we approach Corpus Christi, that he truly does become food for your journey, and that your families are able to encounter him in such a special way this weekend with the Feast of Corpus Christi. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast, or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This episode of Beyond Sunday has been sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org slash 52 sponsorships.